What's up, Team Female? Welcome to Female Political Strategy, Female First, Female Forward, Politically Non-Binary. I'm Ro. I'm Lula. And I'm Elle. All right, so I got a mountain of beefs. Tell them, sis. It's going to be a rant episode. This is going to be a rant episode against the people who are advocating that people start to return to the office and not work from home. This past week, this discussion was kicked off and went into overdrive because of Biden's State of the Union address, where he encouraged everyone to refill the cities and get back to work in the office buildings, and then doubled down on it less than a week later to tell everybody that there should be some kind of initiative to get people out of their homes and back in the office. And to that, I say, everyone, all of you can kiss my ass because I don't want to ever. <laughs> She's mad, mad. No, I have no, I was going to try to fairly represent the other side and I'll try to make a couple of points, but I'm honestly so like livid at the people who are trying to force this as an agenda because it's just, it's so bad faith and there's not a whole lot of a, uh, good arguments for it other than a lot of people who invested in commercial real estate are going to lose some money. So now they're pretending like they care about America to force us all back in these office buildings they overpaid for and a bunch of middle managers who are looking at forced retirement or layoffs because people are realizing they're not as essential to the workflow as they pretend they are. Mm-hmm. So allow me to rant. <laughs> go ahead, bro. I 100% echo this. I'm ready to go. Ding, ding, ding. Round one. <laughs> yes. All right. So I have like a million different points about why work from home is just infinitely better than going back to the office. So let me see. I have one, two, three. All right. So I made a list and this is not even a comprehensive list, mind you. She made a list. <laughs> this is everything I came up with within like 10 to 15 minutes that I could think of was a clear and present benefit of working from home that I will fight to the teeth to maintain. So, um, and I think, and I don't think it's just me. I think there's a lot of white collar workers who are like, there's literally no reason for us to be looking at people in the face at an office building, wasting hours upon hours of commute time. So the very first one, which which is very, very pertinent right now is that we'll save on gas because gas is very freaking expensive right now. Thanks in part to the war in Ukraine, among other things, among other things. But there's some question to me, even like why gas prices are so high, because we don't rely that much on Russian oil. So it seems like a combination of supply and demand, but also oil companies taking this opportunity to price gouge because they're realizing that the hype surrounded is creating like a bubble where people are uh, expecting gas to rise so they can just charge more, even above what it would actually be uh, the cost to replace the 5 or 6% that we actually get from Russia. So that's my two cents. Might be a later, later episode where we go into that in detail. But first of all, gas is expensive as hell right now. I don't understand why I need to fill up my tank. Was it like 70, 80 bucks now to fill up your tank, to drive to an office building, to do a job I can do from home? And then furthermore pollute the environment further. There's been a ton of evidence that have come out from scientific studies that we've managed to mitigate some of the effects of global warming because people aren't driving as much because of the pandemic. People were in their homes. The smog starts to clear. We're not re as reliant on foreign oil sources and you don't have to buy as much gas. And I would think that at a time where we're expecting Americans to pay more gas prices because we don't want to support Russia, that he would be in support of us making sacrifices by which of not driving as much rather than saying, no, you should definitely go drive, make these pointless drives into the city to work next to some people you barely like. Right? <laughs> like <laughs> how dare you make me work next to a bunch of people I hate? In all seriousness, I fully support that. Yeah, it's true. It is awful. <laughs> okay. Point number two. Speaking of people you can barely freaking stand, I think that a lot of HR people are going to be out of a job. You know why? Because they're fucking useless. But not even just that. Think of all the little microaggressions and sexual harassment you have not been subjected to since you've been at home. Oh, right. I have some thoughts on that one, but okay, go ahead. Yeah, exactly. So there's just so many day-to-day -day unpleasant interactions that we don't have to put up with anymore because you work from home, right? Like you can 
Call the people that you need to talk to when you need to talk to them. You can talk to your boss. You can talk to your coworkers. You can call them and you can completely ghost and never have to talk to the office weirdo if you don't want to. So my other big push towards work from home is that it really honestly limits the amount of interaction that you have to have with toxic people in the workplace. Yep. Mm -hmm. People only call you now or message you when it's actually really important and you don't have to come, you know, You have to deal with them walking by your desk, just talking a bunch of nonsense or keeping up a bunch of mess just to keep up mess. Also, if if someone is toxic and harassing you, there's like a paper trail. Exactly. You could just screenshot messages and stuff, right? Whereas if someone's verbally saying microaggressions or sexist stuff, it's like, you know, unless you were literally recorded in the moment, which obviously would be weird. Like, how would you be able to do that? That's even weirder than the microaggression. That's weirder than the actual microaggression, right? But there have been times where like a man makes like a passive aggressive or like sexist comment. If I ever bring it up with HR or whatever, they're, they try to like minimize it or be, oh, you know, are you sure you meant it like that? Or just because it's my word against his, there's no proof that he actually said that. Now I don't have to deal with that shit. And if I do, there's a paper trail. So there's that. Exactly. There's a ton of people online, especially on Twitter. And a lot of people have called who've been saying the exact same thing, that for historically marginalized groups, this has been an absolute godsend to just not have to deal with the bullshit every day. Just freeing up your mental and emotional space that you would normally have to talk yourself up to every day you go in an office and then spending the time with people you actually like, like your family or the friends you choose. Like myself. Yourself. My own company. All by your damn self. (laughs) Like my dog (laughs) and my cat who eats my mic. Um... No, like, that's such a great point. Like, especially as a woman, um, my skin has cleared up so much with work from home because I'm not putting on makeup. So people don't ask me, oh my God, you look tired. Are you okay? (laughs) No, I just woke up and showed up to work barefaced. I'm sorry. I look tired to you. So work from home gives you clear skin and supple teeth. (laughs) So, okay. Okay. To be honest, up until today, actually, I was actually somewhat okay with returning to work, like for me personally, because I, like, I don't think people should ever be, you know, forced to go back to work if they don't want to. I just wanted to like have almost the devil's advocate stance just because for me personally, I do like being in an office environment. I'm just one of those psychopaths who enjoys office politics. I do really well on that. <laughs> that makes one of us. Yeah, that makes one of us, Lilith. <laughs> yeah, it makes one of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I know. Whenever I say I actually love office politics, people always look at me like I'm some kind of fucking sociopath or whatever. Are you there sipping the tea? <laughs> if you want to know more about that, if you want to know what I'm like in the office, check out our cat fight overcoming conflicts with other women <laughs> from FDS. Um, but yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I, I do kind of like being around people who are not like super online. Like even my own friends are kind of spend too much time on the internet. So it's nice to just hang out with like just like Deborah, who's 55 and doesn't know what an NFT is, you know, like it's nice to just be around people who don't spend a ton of time online and just normal people. And it just makes me feel more normal until today. Okay. Because today I dealt with a truly extraordinary amount of sexual harassment, like more sexual harassment than in like a long time. Okay. That's awful. Just like guys asking me out or cat calling me. Yeah. All these skirts have been cooped up for two years and I bet they're just all the way wound up. Right. They're just ready to pounce like a bunch of creepy ass. Yeah. Like the guys at my work are so fucking thirsty. Every single one of them. Like, honestly, it's unbelievable. I started a new job recently and it's like for the first week, it's like, maybe they were trying to like scope me out or whatever. And it's like, they just decided today's the day they all shoot their shot. <laughs> but yeah, more than one guy, the most hilarious one, actually guy comes up to me, you know, he introduces himself. I introduce myself. Oh yeah. And he's like, Oh, you're new. I'm, yeah. Okay, cool. Back and forth. He's like, are you single? I'm like, no. I have a boyfriend and he's like, oh, he got right to it. It's none of his business. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Let me finish. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not single. I have a boyfriend. He's like, oh, well, I wanted to know if you wanted to go out for dinner <laughs> sometime. And I was like, oh. <laughs> it's like disregard yeah. previous statement and say whatever I was going to say before, you know? And I was like, so confused by that. Cause I was like, I, I was totally taken aback because I was normally like, I have a boyfriend is like a pretty surefire way of a guy not continuing to hit on you right but this guy just drove straight right to it i was like the fucking audacity i think he forgot to pay attention to the answer yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's like ask question of forgot to just dis- actually regard answer <laughs> it's like he was literally not listening to the words coming out of my mouth it's like why did he even ask that question if he was just not gonna listen to the answer right and, see, <laughs> and, I, and i've been thinking 
thinking like is he thinking he wants to be like a side piece is he trying to like steal me from my man like what what did he how did he think that interaction was gonna go is how was what i'm wondering are you giving him credit for actually thinking ahead because i don't think he thought yeah, ahead true. i think he was just like, <laughs> playing it by ear but like not actually playing it by ear just shooting a shot <laughs> just shooting a shot seeing what he could yeah scrotes don't think they just do right yeah they think with their dick no think all do if they have a boner it's like they don't have enough blood going to their brain to make them able to think critically so yeah anyways so that was kind of annoying today yeah so yet another reason that we should all be working from home if we have the capacity to because none of us want to deal with that Right. Like (laughs) there is actually a guy on Twitter who wrote that the people that are pushing for work from home are people who are in their thirties and already have families and saying that it's really unfair. Let me actually find the actual tweet. Hold on. Rose roasts, man. Yeah. I don't miss anybody from work. And I think while Rose looking that up, like my relationship with it was like, ever since I got out of the military where work is not work, it's like a family environment. You work with people that you have to not only work with, but like relate to, because you might die with this person and you know, wow, now they're seared in your memory because of work. Whereas like the real world, it's a superficial relationship where you show up and it's, you pretend to like each other. I don't know if anyone actually likes each other where I work. And then we go home and that's the end of it. And to me, it's just so, I can't fully develop a whole relationship. Oh, and by the way, I work in like a mostly male dominated environment. So they're trying to bang whether or not I know their wife. And I just don't miss that toxicity. Don't miss it. Don't want to look at them. Don't want to be told, oh my God, did you do something different with your hair? Yes, I'm black. yeah Yeah, i'm tired of people uh acting like it's a miracle when i straighten my hair right like it's like yes no it's the same hair it's just flat ironed right it's a wig for me it's like no it's a wig you're right (laughs) or my favorite are you wearing like one of those are you wearing a weave no no brock it's not a weave (laughs) i only recently learned how weaves work that was actually a hilarious day when i was like oh damn they're actually sewn into your head like damn i didn't know it worked that way yeah sewing yeah they're woven (laughs) it's okay go ahead so the the tweet that this guy wrote was lots of 35 year olds with families telling single 21 year olds that remote is better than in person and my clap back to that was lots of 35 year old men mad as fuck they won't be able to sexually harass those fresh out of college 21 year old new hires in person before their same age peers snatch them up and hiding that behind concern for their dating prospects while working remotely yeah, what the fuck is with men acting like the office is Tinder? It's not your personal, like, matchmaking service. I'm here to work, not to find a boyfriend. Facts. It's very uncomfortable feeling their eyes on me as I walk by. It's so creepy. It just feels like a laser beam going straight through my ass. Anyways. So, yeah, and my whole thing is that is, is like, okay, most people who are young anyways are perpetually online. Like, they've figured out how to meet and interact with people they want to interact with. Because, I, I mean, I have to tell say that if you're unless you're at a company where it's skews young more than likely you'll be around a bunch of married folk anyways yeah older married folk at your office so it's like it's it's, your dating process uh prospects aren't that much better in person unless you're in a specifically young company which again if you were working remotely then you would still be able to interact with uh, other 21 year olds or whatever right i don't get his point (laughs) these dudes also like are the ones that are pretend productive where they sit at their computer i don't know if you guys have this in your work environment but for us we had like oh i'm gonna get to that go ahead though (laughs) yeah and then like not only are they pretend productive they get there as early as possible leave as late as possible and i'm like don't you have a wife that loves you or something odds are no because they're the ones that are like hands in the pocket talking to you and i'm like i don't even want to know what you're doing while you're asking me about my hair Ugh, you touched on a very sore subject no i i feel you so that was actually my third point so wrapping up the previous point which is that you don't have to deal with people you hate wrapping up the pe- previous point which is that yes We don't have to deal with people we hate. Some of the people we hate at the office are people who aren't actually doing any goddamn work, but spend all of their time politicking and schmoozing and then dumping work in other people and just figure out a way to blame people for their incompetence. That's not happening as much because it's very hard to be a kiss ass when you're not sitting next to people, right? Essentially, when you're looking at your deliverables and your work product, it's much clearer who's actually putting in deliverables and who's actually just there to... It's just based on KPIs only, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So people who are more inclined to 
you know, at least balance their schmoozing with work are doing, are thriving a lot better than the people who have just spent all their time politicking and trying to build relationships and can't actually do the job at hand and pissing off their coworkers. So another point for work from home, because now you're starting to feel like, oh, you're starting to figure out like who's actually essential to this company and who's not. Yeah. So all the like non-essential workers, the middle managers, the pretend to be productive people, they're all freaking out. They're like, no, I need to to be back in the office because if it's based on KPIs alone, I'm the loser in this situation. Right. Exactly. And yeah, and as a person who just kind of hates to have to interact with people, and I don't mind smoozing a little bit, but the other people who do it like a full-time thing, they're just, I mean, I don't particularly like being in that environment. So being able to work from home and just being able to talk to the people you need to talk to, be nice on the phone for small periods of time and not have to just like be on all day. Oh, it's such a relief. And your boss can't randomly drop by at your desk when you're in a bad mood. Hey, you got those uh, TPS reports? No. <laughs> what? What is it that you say you do here? I'm a people person. Fuck that guy in particular. Or the guy um, in office base who said, I take the reports from the second floor to the fourth floor. Oh my God. Yeah, that's the guy that's like the proponent for work from um, going back to the office. Okay, so with that, there's a whole host of benefits for non-traditional workers. People who thrive in the work from home environment are people like who are disabled for whom making the commute to the office could be cumbersome. It cuts them off from their caregivers and also working moms, people who are caregivers of children of which most of the time it's women. And so being able to work from home and not have to spend in exorbitant amounts of money trying to find childcare has been a huge amount of savings for working moms. It's allowed them to also spend more time with their children. Obviously, if they have school age children, their children are at school. But even just being home when their kids get off school, because schools tend to end somewhere around three to four, and then the average workday is like going into six by now, you get like three more hours with your kids back. Yeah, I do genuinely think that Um, working from home is a women's rights or, you know, maximizing female benefit type issue. Maybe not a women's rights issue, but a women's interests issue. That's, that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Interests for sure. It benefits women to have the option to work from home exactly for the reason, as you said, is to take care of children and to save money on childcare. Cause let's be fucking real. The men are not going to step up, even in the global pandemic. It's still going to be left up to women, and it's women who are going to have to... I think the people advocating from work from home are people who hate their kids. And it seems, again, once again, seems to me mostly men. It's men. They want to go back to the office because they want to keep cheating, first of all, and being at home means they don't have an excuse to be, quote, coming home late from work. Yeah, true. And also they don't want to actually have to raise their own freaking kids. Yeah. And then they want to come home and tell their wife that they're too tired, probably their stay-at-home wife, that they're too tired to help with the kid because they've been slaving away, staring at women. So, okay, so I just did the math. So if you get three hours extra time a day with your kids during the weekday, that's an extra 15 hours a week, which is an extra 780 hours a year which is approximately 32 days back. So you get a month back with your children every year that you get to work from home. Think about that. A month of interaction with your child. (laughs) So once again, teamwork from home. Well, the thing is though, like on the flip side though, you have people that um, are looking at work, not necessarily for what they're producing or how they're being productive, um, but really as like a real estate investment, right? So now if your office isn't occupied and you guys, and there's really no one there, like upper management's going to wonder like, well, why do we have an office? And then now there's no reason to have that real estate. So now they're not building equity in that building that they're occupying. And then now it's going to be like a cut loss for them. So yeah, that ain't my problem. No, you're right. Yeah. (laughs) Not my problem either. I'm there with you. (laughs) Just context. That's the, that's what people on Twitter have been saying. And like, that's, I mean, just, just thinking about it, like why would anybody want you to go back to the office? First of all, because there's hundreds of millions, of millions of dollars invested in commercial real estate. That's not going to be necessary anymore. And the people who spent all this capital to invest in this real estate stand to lose big. But the people who are in, investing in commercial real estate... Good. Fuck the rich. <laughs> exactly. The people who are investing in commercial real estate tend to be big conglomerates, right? You're not talking about mom and pop commercial real estate owners. You're talking about big conglomerates... Yeah, and I, I don't care about them. They don't care about me. So why should I give a shit about them? Exactly. You're right. You're right. What I hate about this is it's the uh, 
What's that old saying? I can't remember who coined this phrase about privatizing the gains and making the losses public. This isn't an, another attempt. Oh, that's literally the definition of uh, what is that? Corporatism? Privatizing gains and publicizing the losses. That's exactly what they're doing. And whenever the government starts trying to incentivize people to do something against what they what's actually convenient and easier for them, it's because people at the top are standing to lose money and they're trying to use the government to browbeat the common folk back into making them money. And to that, I say double middle fingers in the air because you, again, capitalism is sometimes you win, sometimes you you lose. You can't use the government on, on your side when you lose because you made a bad capital investment. That's your problem. <laughs> but that's the beauty of capitalism, right? It's letting the market sort itself out and employers ha- like employees have a say. You are part of this job market, right? So like leave. And this is a, such a great opportunity for companies to really cater to this new work from home vigor that exists. Now that people know that's an option, they, they know they have a whole like employee segment to themselves. So boom, do it. The market solves itself. Yeah. And so part of the argument Biden was making is that, oh, there's a lot of small mom and pop businesses that are going to go under be, in addition to the commercial real estate because, you know, they set up, you know, a sandwich shop next to the office building or they're a dry cleaning service. And so people aren't using dry cleaning anymore because they don't have to go to work. Um, and to that, I say, I'm very, very sad. People have had now like two, three years to evolve to the current reality. So also a lot of businesses have gone out of business because of the pandemic just in general. So like, I'm sorry, that sucks for you, but you know, <laughs> do you know what else went out of business? The telegram guy, right? Like there's so much things that have become obsolete. Yeah. Trying to unwind, uh, trying to unwind the clock here makes no sense. Right. Saying like, oh, well, you have to go back to the way things were, even though it's uh, more expensive, less beneficial and all around shittier to go back to the office for the average white collar worker. And you have to do it because we need to artificially prop up these businesses. And I'm like, no, once again, if you're worried about it, then you give them some kind of incentive to spend the next two, three years transitioning to a work from home environment, right? Like some services have exploded during the pandemic, like VPN services or door, you know, door delivery services. So all the restaurants in my area, they just got, uh, they all went on uh, DoorDash and Uber Eats. So now I have a plethora of selection of, food to eat from because a lot of them figured out, oh, no one's going to come in person. So let's just beef up our delivery service, right? So they're, you know, companies who want to adapt are adapting to the current environment. And if you are the government and you're worried about it collapsing, then the more beneficial thing would just to give them some kind of incentive to make the transition rather than like trying to bully everybody to go back to the way things were. That makes zero sense. Hey, fun fact, Ro, I just, I just Googled the phrase to privatize, um, privatize uh gains and um publicize losses there's actually a word for that it's called lemon socialism basically the idea that government subsidies go to weaker failing firms meaning that like the government and the taxpayer absorbs all of the recipients losses but that they get to keep their private profits so in iceland it's known as the devil's socialism uh um there's other phrases for it it's just corporate welfare corporate welfare another one is socialism for the rich and capitalism for the poor (laughs) um yeah this is an actual concept yeah no it's a real concept i just can't remember who who coined it but i remember bernie sanders was talking about it a lot but i don't remember who the originator of the concept is but no but they've been doing that and i mean the the biggest most glaringly obvious situation of them doing that was the too big to fail bank bailout where the banks really, really screwed up and they really should have failed, so to speak. And then all of the smaller banks should have been able to pick up those accounts. But instead, the government bails them out, gives them money to keep uh, operating. And then what they did was they used that opportunity to consolidate power even more and really, really squeeze out small businesses, small landowners, etc. So now we're living in part of the uh, the wealth distribution that got accelerated towards the top is because of the 2008 crash and them not allowing those banks to fail. They should have failed. <laughs> they should not have been ba- bailed out. It was interesting, like this split that happened there, because there's a lot of conservatives who have been traditionally small government were like, hell no, these banks need to fail. And then you had like Bush conservatives who 
bailed it out for some reason against most of his party, which is really odd. Well, it's not really odd. It's, I mean, it's a little outside of like the scope of this conversation, but when you have very, very, very strong lobbies and not to mention a lot of like our society is kind of underpinned by this like very mobile financial market, right? Where you have money that's not real and being treated as if though it's not like it is, they're just playing around with it. And you have derivatives trading, which is like gambling on the risk of trading actual money and it did fail and nobody really knew what to do because that meant all of the rich people were now going to be poor not to mention all of the pensions that were tied up and all of that so that's kind of why everybody treated that whole bank situation with kid gloves again my contextualization does not mean i condone it it was absolutely sinful those banks should have failed they've gotten rid of pensions for our generation anyway so i'm also looking at it like yeah i don't care we're not getting that shit <laughs> Not mine. <laughs> <laughs> what pensions? <laughs> What's a pension, quite frankly? Um, okay, so what number am I on? Next next issue. Next reason I think we should also work from home. So we can plan our work around our life rather than our life around our work. The nine to six workday is really, really artificial. And quite frankly, I don't know a single white collar worker who is consistently hitting the nine to six anyways, because people are always sending emails after hours, etc. Whereas now you can plan your day around your energy levels rather than having to just artificially get up at the same time and always be at your desk at the same time for and for no other reason than your manager wants to babysit you. I will say actually I I actually want as a devil's advocate position I'm I'm the sort of person where my natural state of being is to fall asleep at like four in the morning and wake up at noon. Unfortunately, I do miss a lot of daylight with that. So I actually kind of like having structure kind of imposed on me externally because I just, I, every single day I wake up at noon, I'm like, I'm not going to do this again. I'm going to, I'm going to get to bed early. And then I, and then I tell myself every single day I'm going to do that. And then I don't. And I'm just constantly disappointing myself. Whereas if I, if I have like a, an employer that's like, Oh, you have to be there at eight. I'm going to make it happen kind of thing, right? Even if it's really hard, I'm going to fuck it. I'm going to fix my fucking circadian rhythm. <laughs> and I've managed to do it, right? But if, I, if there's no one making me do that, I have no reason to do it. And I just don't. <laughs> I'm glad you caveated it as like playing devil's advocate because you're saying that that's a personal thing and that's what more people need to say. So it's one thing. I think honestly, like the employee lifestyle market needs to be diversified to cater to us non uh, work from office people. I just don't identify with that. That doesn't fit. Like <laughs> I'm office divergent. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm saying like, this is a personal problem. That's why I'm saying like me working in an office is like a personal thing that I like. I don't think that it would necessarily make everyone else happy just because it works for me. Doesn't mean that I think everyone else should live their life the way that works for me. You know what I mean? Exactly. I, I like, I don't, yeah, this office normative culture. Ugh. But even, I mean, I feel like companies could be more accommodating to people who are night owls, right? Because, again, why do you need to work nine to six? There's no reason for that. You can, they can send you the work. You can work whatever your natural hours are. They give you a deadline. I mean, I know, I know there's some things that need to be done during the day. Obviously, if you have a meeting, et cetera. But there's a lot of times where you just don't need to have these interactions. And there's just no reason why you couldn't. Because your boss hates his wife. Yeah, your boss hates his wife. But there's no reason you couldn't work like a noon to eight, right? Like you're still getting, like if you wake up at noon, you could still work like a noon to eight or noon to nine. You're still getting the afternoon daylight hours and the ability to communicate with any business that's open nine to five, you know, the ones that need to be open nine to five. And th and nowadays, so many businesses are 24 hours anyways, or 12, or at least like 12 to 13 hours. Like even if you're at a call center, most of the like major corporations have people working at the call center after hours. So it just makes no sense that we can, that white collar people don't get like shift work, so to speak. Like why can't white collar people have shifts in the same way that blue collar people do? Or, you know, just flexibility, like flexibility, right? And like just overall scheduling in the first place. And then people are just reporting that they're able, you know, they have time to work out. You can leave your house in the middle of the day and go to the gym. Yeah, that's been nice. Yeah. Whereas if you're in an office, unless you have a gym in your office, and even if you have a gym in your office, who wants to go to the gym in their office and be all sweaty and come back to the office and take the risk that you'll run into somebody, you know, you know, in the locker room, which is extra awkward that you work with. So like, <laughs> uh, like nobody, you know what I mean? Like now you can just go to the gym by your house. Also, who has a good office gym? All office gyms suck. Yeah, they're terrible. <laughs> I've never seen a good office gym. I've seen kind of okay ones, but again, they're not really built for that. Or, or if, well, there's some office buildings that have like real gyms, like uh private gyms in the 
in the same building and that's the best setup. Like if they just give you like a discount to your, your local private gym and it just happens to be in the same, uh, that was the only time where I feel like I actually consistently use the gym because it was a real gym. It just happened to be below the office I was in. So, Hey bro, sorry to interrupt you, but I, I just dropped a link in the, uh, Zencaster chat there. And I'd really like to hear your live reaction to that. I don't know if you've seen this, but I really want to know your reaction to it. Okay, so the tweet says, In the lobby of an office building in Toronto, I guess to make sure employees are flooded with resentment the instant they walk in the door. So uh, there's <laughs> it's a couple of signs that says somebody... somebody okay, so it's basically uh, a company called Oxford, and they have... It's a real estate company, and they have some placards here that say, Miss your sweatpants yet? Welcome back. And then on the next slide, it says, bet your dog's missing you. Welcome back. Seriously, we missed... This is cruel. This just seems so hostile. Salt in the wound. And speaking of which, yes, my dog would miss me. I got a pandemic puppy and he's very, very attached to me now. So, like, now I have to leave him. If I were to go back to work from home, I'd have to leave him for eight hours a day. So even though I'm not a a real mom, I'm still a dog mom. And I feel like I want to have more interaction in my day-to-day. Dog moms are moms. Dog moms are real moms, too. Fur babies, yeah. Yeah, so my reaction to this is like, yes, double middle fingers to these people. Fuck everything they stand for. Fuck their families. Are they mocking us? They're mocking us. They're literally mocking us. Yes, they are mocking you. They literally are. So, okay, so the the uh, response that Oxford had to people's clear outrage to this patronizing, demeaning campaign they ran was... Hostile campaign, yeah. Hostile! Said, when reached for a statement, Oxford Properties admitted their mistake and re- revealed that the photos were from last week and that the signage has already been removed. Unfortunately, in an attempt to be lighthearted, the signage came off as uncaring, which was never our intention. The signage clearly missed the mark and was removed last week as a result. The media team at Oxford Communications told Block2, the campaign should have made it should not have made it into production, and we sincerely apologize to any customers, colleagues, and members of the public that were offended. I mean, all of us. We were all offended. Literally everyone. Just shows how fucking out of touch these people are. It is such a modern day, like, let them eat cake. It is! It is such a modern day, let them eat cake. Exactly. I'm, I'm thinking, like, how out of touch do you have to be to post that and think that that's, like, lighthearted humor and not, like, deeply insulting to actual working people? God. Anyways, when I saw that, that made me angry, and I just wanted to hear Rose react. Yeah, the the dog looks so sad, and like, what is what would what were they trying to evoke with this signage? If I saw a picture of a dog that was like, "Oh, bet your dog's missing you," and I'd be like, "Yes, I bet he is. I bet he's at home crying and depressed right now because he's not used to me being outside of the home." So, <laughs> see, I'm lucky because I have people who are willing to babysit my dog, so that's part of my morning routine is drop my dog off at my friend's house, and they're like, "It's for people who like." That's one thing about having a lot of people in your social group who like dogs, but they don't want to like own a dog full time. So it's kind of like she's kind of like our dog. She's like the community dog. It takes a village. <laughs> it takes a village to raise a dog, okay? So your dog is either a village baby or a slut. Okay, I hear you. Yeah, she's my dog is a hoe. She loves every she loves everyone and everyone loves her. There's a lot of dogs like that especially in lower income neighborhoods. It's just like the community dog. It's really a stray, but it doesn't live with any one family. It's just, you know. Oh, no, I'm her main mom. It's just that, like, <laughs> so, some people, like, they just want to babysit a dog for, like, a day. You know, they don't want to, the full-time responsibility of having a dog. And so, at least that's how I pitch it to my friends. No, I'm kidding. Anyways. <laughs> but, yes. <laughs> I don't have to pay money for to have a, a kennel or anything. So, yeah. Save money on childcare. So, think about the dogs, you guys. Like, so, when you guys are coming for work, for work from home, think about the dogs. Think about the babies. It's so heartless. Exactly. Yeah. Think about think about the dogs first and then your actual children second. Yeah. Human babies, I guess, matter. I forgot about the human babies. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. You know what? Actually, actually, I just wanted to jump in actually and say, you know what? Actually, now I just remembered that my friends who watch my dog, all of them also work from home. And so in order for me to keep enjoying this gravy train, I need them to be able to continue working from home. <laughs> <laughs> So now, again, I just switch positions again. I'm like, no, I'm pro-working from home. Even for me personally, even though I like to work around people, uh, I depend on other people working from home in order for me to save money. So please, let's keep this a thing. But see, even with like the interactions I would have with my coworkers, all my favorite coworkers, we used to always be on work instant messenger, right? Like, anyways, true, so true. you couldn't say all the things you wanted to say necessarily to their face or out loud. So even when I had 
you know, like really like close office friends, like we would be on Gchat or or work instant messenger spilling tea. And so we can still do that shit, right? Like <laughs> so you just hang out with the same people you liked anyways. So I will say I, I do miss like the office side eye, especially when you find that true ride or die that has like the same hatred for the same people and the same bullshit. And you guys can just like communicate by eye contact. I do slightly miss her, but she was also like one in a million anyways and would always quit because she found a better paying job. So never mind. I'm just triggering myself. So the other benefit to working from home is that we can start to convert all these office buildings into affordable housing because right now we are in a housing crisis. We're in a massive housing crisis. Like they started, it's a long story about why we don't have as many houses that we need for the population of people who need houses. But essentially it started with, again, the 2008 crash where the real estate market collapsed. And so uh, the construction workers uh, were all laid off. And then for the next decade or so, none of them wanted to work in the industry because there was no real money to be made. Well, now there's money to be made, but there's not enough people now with 10 years experience or 10 to 15 years experience that they need to actually build houses because for close to 10 years, there was no money to be made. And anybody who would have been working on the skills to flip houses, et cetera, is no longer here. It's also zoning. I think zoning is actually a big problem as well. People being like, no, I don't want high density uh, housing in my area and so on. So, Well, in an office, uh, well, if there's an office building there, it's already high density. But it's commercial. It's zoned for commercial, sadly. But change the zoning. You don't yeah. have to encroach on the single family homes. Exactly. You can change those office buildings into pretty easily, actually, into residential buildings. And they're around amenities. You would still prop up some of the local businesses if that's what you're worried about and also provide affordable housing for people who need it. So my whole thing is that, yes, the commercial real estate market might collapse if you don't have as many people who are going into an office building. But this is also an opportunity to help to uh, close the gap between the people who need homes and the amount of homes that we have, which is right now a, a function of once again, the 2008, a fallout of the 2008 crash, as well as rising uh, lumber costs and materials costs caused by the fact that both Trump and Biden decided this was the time to buy America and cut off our lumber imports from Canada. So <laughs> lumber is sky high. So there's not enough, uh, there's not enough lumber for them to complete all the building projects they want. And they don't have enough workers to complete all of the housing projects that they want, which is why there's like a 20, 25 to 30% inflation on all of the housing in the past two years, because there's just not enough there's just not enough inventory for all the people who want it because they're not building fast enough. So my thought is, okay, so we'd have existing if, if they have an office building, they already have existing infrastructure. It shouldn't be that much more money to convert some of that stuff to affordable housing for people who need it. So this is just me being curious. Who is the, like, the authority figure for that? Because I don't trust the government to do anything. In terms of zoning, do you mean? Well, no, like who would convert it into the, like the houses, right? Because at the end of the day, like you can zone it for that, but are you assuming? Probably be real estate developers. Yeah, real estate developers, but it, the government would provide incentives for them to do that. Okay. By like tax benefits? By tax breaks, et cetera. Yeah, tax benefits or... Um, or like rezoning it or something. Yeah. Yeah, rezoning, et cetera. Like a lot of the zoning, like Lilith said, is the, especially the single family zoning, it's just artificially created to maintain quote unquote real estate prices, even though that's sort of available. Uh, but uh, it comes across very xenophobic and you're seeing an increasing homeless problem in pretty much every main major city. And again, it has to do with there just not physically being enough housing for everybody. So this is a crisis that gives us an opportunity. Like this crisis in the pandemic, as well as like us having now tons of empty real estate presents a great opportunity to close that gap. Okay, so my next point about why work from home is clearly superior and needs to be the wave of the future is that um, the a lot of businesses right now who are taking advantage from work from home are saving a lot of overhead costs. So being able to work from home is really inspiring small business innovation in a way uh, it hasn't before. Because you know before, if everybody needed to be physically working in the office, then you had to pay office rent. That's a benefit for companies that are established and exist and have invested in real estate and have large infrastructure. So you're talking about big corporate environments. But for smaller businesses, that's an unnecessary expense that they no longer have to accommodate, right? 
Because if everyone can work from home, then you can have a workforce that lives essentially everywhere. And you're not limiting your work pool. Yeah, absolutely agree. And here's my little plug for FDS. Like one of, I mean, we, we don't know each other if y'all didn't know. So like we've been able to build, like we've been able to do all of our brand strategy, all of our finance planning, recruit new people, uh, create this podcast, work on uh, creating our blog and our website, work entirely in our digital media with a bunch of people I didn't know before this because we were able to work from home and all of us were able to work from our desk on both our day jobs as well as FDS, right? So the, the idea is like, okay, yeah, you can now start a small business and work your main job a lot easier than if you're actually at work, which I think is actually going to stimulate the economy. We are now job creators, right? Yeah, essentially. I mean, now we have, I mean, all, I think all three of us were found the time to do this because we were stuck at home. Yeah. You think we only started the podcast because of the fact, yeah, honestly, like it's going to be a lot harder to keep up with the podcast. Probably not that I'm not working for a moment. I have to like work around that schedule. So yeah. Exactly. So I feel like we're stimulating the economy. And and truth be told, I think the wave of the future for most businesses is going to be in order to compete with the big guys, you're going to have to cut costs somewhere. And where they can cut costs is definitely in all of the overhead stuff that would come with uh, being in an office building. So it's not, you know, it's not just the actual real estate itself for the rent, it's the lighting and the water and, you know, staffing toilet paper, et cetera, liability insurance, all that shit that you don't have to pay for if you don't have a physical workforce in a centralized location. Another point for work from home. The other thing too is obviously you don't have to pick up as many germs. I know that's like, (laughs) I mean, have you ever been in an office that couldn't get rid of a cough or a cold or a flu for like months? Everyone got it. Like Deborah and her booger eating eight year old. Like she brings in the bubonic plague and then suddenly we're all sick because of her. Exactly. So now you're, in the safety of your own home, you're only dealing with the germs of the people you know, and you don't have to like you know take all this time off or all your sick time off to uh, to recover from any type of physical illness because you're not being constantly exposed to other people's germs. Another pro work from home argument. I just want options, man. I feel like this shouldn't be like a, a binary conversation. I want like a work non-binary option, like an office non-binary office option. Office people, like childhood trauma having people like Lilith, you should go. You should be allowed to go. That's okay. I support your lived experience, right? But like leave us out of your problems. I don't want to go with you. Yeah, there, I feel like a lot of the work from home people, their entire social life is their co-workers so they go in trying to be the office star or like they want to tell you some long-winded story that they don't realize that nobody else cares about but them and <laughs> so they're like i miss my co-workers and speaking to them. like what happened on their exactly. fishing trip exactly <laughs> and it's not that i don't like my because the other reality is okay so for most millennials and increasingly gen z people switch offices a fair amount right like they even recommend that you don't stay in a single job more than three years because you'll start to lose out on earnings, right? Like you, most people job hop. So the reality is, is that you may not get that close with that many people. You'll know a lot of people, but you only have a few people you actually get close to even in, you know, in an office environment where you're in the actual office itself. So like all the forced teaming and forced camaraderie and like we're a family here is bullshit when your workforce is recycling itself every two, three years. Anyways, so it's it's not like people are there for 40 years and you know the same people and uh, you guys went to each other's weddings, et cetera. And, and, I, and there's people I've, uh, coworkers whose weddings I've gone to, but again, it's in like a select few. It's people I would have hung out with anyways and not, and the vast majority of people I worked with over the years, I don't even remember their fucking names. Like after I leave that job, I like you could put them in front of me and I don't remember what they're called. The shit I don't miss is like, odds are I'm was more often than not one of the youngest people in a work environment. So I remember having like this manager and she was like nearing retirement and she would just drink on duty and was a, like a sexual harasser of young men, like young military aged men. And she would just get like, blasted drunk on government time and like no one said anything because she was close to retirement and most of the dudes liked her even though she's terrifying looking she's like this leathery human and then this couple where the guy was like i fucking every woman and his wife hated every young girl that we didn't want her receding hairline having fat husband and then um it was like a sketch comedy and i'm just like i hate every single human being here like 
nobody wanted that negativity. We all like the young people just wanted to go home and like work out on our own time. And so what you said actually remind me, okay, I mentioned this manager in our cat fight episode, the overcoming conflict with other women. So I had, a, I did have a manager who was like this, who I guess didn't realize that I guess didn't realize how to behave in an age appropriate way. And she low key did like, yeah, sexually harass younger men. And like, I remember one time, like we had a, an office cause like, this was a sort of environment where it was like work hard, play hard kind of thing. And so we, go out sometimes and you know drink together as an office uh i know if you, again you all seem to hate your coworkers. i mostly like my coworkers, even the toxic ones honestly even the toxic ones are entertaining so this this manager she at one point got like a shot and dared a guy to like and she she got a shot and like put it in her cleavage and like dared another guy to like drink from her cle to like get the shot from her cleavage it was very weird. Anyways, he clearly didn't want to do it, but everyone else was like egging him on and she was like egging him on or whatever. And I was just sitting there like cringe. I'm like, no, am I witnessing sexual harassment? I'm witnessing sexual harassment right now. Anyway, he ended up doing it. So I, I felt bad for him. But yeah, so I don't know. I was like, girl, you're in your forties. Have some fucking dignity. Again, I don't mean to mean to be ageist and like, yeah, it wouldn't be appropriate even if she was in her twenties, but like, I don't know. It was just weird that she would like, you're the manager. You're supposed to be the grown up here. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Like me being in my early twenties, of the time looking at her and thinking like wow I'm actually acting more mature and dignified than this woman like twice my age like what it's like girl <laughs> this is ma you're making it weird <laughs> this is weird so not even just older women but I think some of the other work from home people are, are people who have trouble making friends or having social interactions with people outside the work environment because they're you're forced to interact with them so like it's for their benefit that they have all the normal people go back to the office so that like they'll have friends oh that's fucking sad <laughs> Oh, it is. It just like, made me sad to think about. Oh, like all the all the socially all the social weirdos. You know, they'll at least deal with. There's a lot of people who would at least like be nice to them or deal with them on some level. That if you're at work from home, no one will. So I guess the scary thing is for people for whom isolation can be dangerous. They won't have that like built-in social net. Join a gym. Sorry. Yeah, I agree. Go to the Y. Join a men's club. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Go to trivia night. I don't know. There's so many activities you can do to make friends and stuff. I, I, I'll have a second of feeling sad for these people. And then I'm like, wait, I put so much like work and time and effort into meeting people and keeping in touch with people and like building trust with people and maintaining my friendships. I'm like, I put all of this work into doing that. And so when people tell me like, oh, I struggle to make friends. I'm like, I have a split second of feeling bad for them. I'm like, wait, have you made an effort to try to meet people or keep in touch with people you know right. did you even try did you even try <laughs> you know um yeah i'm not going to the office because somebody doesn't know how to make friends sucks to suck sucks to suck <laughs> yeah maybe i don't actually want to like be the free friend for the weird unsociable people who don't know how to make friends normally yeah now that i'm thinking about it i'm like okay yeah actually that makes sense yeah so i don't know how many points that was i probably should tally those up before Thank you, Ro. Thank you for passionately and eloquently saying everything I've like been hate staring with. <laughs> My very disorganized list that was like a stream of consciousness, 10 to 15 minute list where I was just like, there's just a million reasons why we should never go back to the office. Every time I see someone make an argument on Twitter, I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. Like, I, I suspect, like, the image I have in my head is, like, Ro just couldn't sleep for the last two nights before we recorded tonight, and she was just, like... <laughs> she was ready, yeah. Yeah, Biden had my blood pressure up. I'm like, <laughs> why is he doing this to us? <laughs> I am really grateful for, like, Biden being the one to, like, unite the whole country in, like, sole hatred of him. Like, forget Carol Baskin. Like, we all hate Biden. I love Carol Baskin. Oh my god! I won't stand for Carol Baskin slander. But yeah, uh, another another conversation. Another conversation for another day. They, there was a rumor that Carol Baskin like fed her husband to a tiger, and I'm like, uh, based honestly, that makes me like her more. Her sex trafficking husband, by the way. Watch the entire. Did you not watch the entire documentary? No, I haven't watched Tiger King yet. But yeah, honey. Uh Oh my god, the debased debauchery we all went through. Join us. Okay. Join us. Okay, okay, I'll watch it. Yeah, please. <laughs> it's really honestly a cultural phenomenon. It was the best it was the best of the pandemic, if we're being honest. Like the early pandemic days, like the shared cultural experiences. Yeah. Prime Tiger King. We thought COVID was gonna be over in ninety days. 
We were going to flatten the curve. Like, man, we were so full of hope. I admire our optimism from back then. Yeah. <laughs> Look at us. Looking back on those memories fondly. Oh, remember when we were super optimistic? Yeah. And now we're like, what are you going to do for the nuclear war? <laughs> right. Oh, oh sad. Anyway. Uh, so that's Rose. That's Rose long ass rant about why we should work from home and never have to go back to an office. Fight me. I swear to God, go on my Twitter and fight me. I will fight anybody on this. <laughs> I feel passionate about this. I will have a UAV strike their house if they fight you. <laughs> Based. No, fuck them. Go row. I won't back down. There's so there's so few issues that I'll take a principled stand on and not even hear the other side of the debate. And this is one of them. I don't give a shit what you have to say about it. Whatever you think that's different than me is wrong. Yeah, whatever you think is different than me is wrong. <laughs> and I will go to my grave standing on the mountain of evidence that work from home is clearly superior. I will die on this hill. We should all do like a hour sword episode right so this is rose sword right the sword that she's willing to fall on yeah <laughs> we should each have one and i'll find a sword in the process because i have a lot of swords i'm willing to fall on for no reason fall on the sword for the good of humanity and for the planet <laughs> it's about the planet it's not about me it's about the planet <laughs> it's about the planet <laughs> think of the emissions <laughs> think about the dogs think about all the lonely dogs it's for the planet for the dogs, and for Ro. Thank you for your service, Ro. I have no strategy. Just listen to me. Just listen to everything I just said. That is the only strategy that's important right now. <laughs> yeah, no strategy summary. Listen to the whole episode. I do have a, I have a strategy okay, for this. Okay. I have a strategy for this. It's called vote with your resume. Go resign. Go find a job that's remote work. Go find a skill that'll make you like there's coding you can learn. And if you're an idiot, you can learn program management. I'm an idiot. So there's clowning on people. But like if you're not technically skilled, um, you could do remote sales and resign and like polish your resume up if you aren't and go find a remote job. Show your boss that you have a say. You are a consumer. Your employer is, he's a salesperson. He owes you that good. Yeah, I'm starting to look at all the uh, pro go back to the office people as scabs. (laughs) Okay. Thanks, Ro. (laughs) Honestly. (laughs) Honestly, Liv. Liv. I don't give a fuck, Liv. You're not like like the other ones, Lilith. You're not like the other go to work people. office dwellers yeah i'm not in, i'm not like inflicting my own personal preferences on other people it is a i want to be very clear this is a personal preference for people who don't want to work in the office more power to you leave all the sociopath people who like to engage in office politics leave them for me to like psychologically toy with for my own personal amusement and i'm like at minimum again this is a o- golden opportunity for innovation as well i know you know we work is kind of a disaster but you know the idea that you could work you know if there want if you ha- must go to some kind of officey type building why couldn't there just be a building a small building in your neighborhood where people could just plug in their internet Use a couple of, you know, if you needed dual screens or something like that, you can just plug in your laptop and just like work from there and then go home. If you're that hell bent on being outside of your house, I like where I live. So, and I like my home. I like my dog. I'm okay with the cat on most occasions. Like, yeah, find a better living situation. Go heal your traumas. Go get a therapist. (laughs) Not you, Lilith. Lilith, you're fine. So this is part one of my rant about work from home. Part two will be on our Patreon that's our show. Check us out on Twitter at Female Political, as well as our Facebook link below in the show notes and our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash female political strategy. And we have for the very t- first time ever, some bonus content. See y'all next week. Mm-hmm.